Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexual Confidence on Tap with Shannon Etheridge and Friends. I am here once again with my friends Angie McCarty and Julie Seibert. We are three sexperts looking to heat up your summer with our Summer Loving series. And we are on the topic of exploration today. Before we dive in, I have to tell you, ladies. One of the funniest TikTok videos I ever saw in my life. I laughed so hard. I thought I was going to bust a gut. This woman is standing in front of Staples office supply store. And she says, I just confirmed that they do, in fact, sell Staples at Staples. So now I'm going to Dick's. Oh my! As I was thinking of the whole exploration theme, Dick Sporting Goods is one of my favorite places to go for my adventurous side, and I just had to throw that out there. Um, Very good, love it. Yeah, yeah, and I think that the next time I go to Dick Sporting Goods, I'm going to look for a pickleball set. Uh, There you go. When we were off air, we were talking about how fun pickleball. So, Angie, you've just recently discovered this joy just started it yeah with my small group my um my women's small group at church yeah we're such great studiers together one of them started playing pickleball and grabbed the rest of us and I really avoided it for a very long time but um I'm sporting the cap today because I just came from pickleball and tell us about the cap I'm also sporting about the cap and the shirt because yesterday Yesterday, my middle child, we moved him to college at University of Arkansas, Wupig Suey. And so today is the day after moving the child. It okay. feels eerily quiet in here. Right. And I bet uh, my youngest, youngest is, well, he's not here right now because he was playing pickleball with my small group and decided <laughs> to stay with them when I had to leave to come home. That's <laughs> the best. He went to adorable. So yeah, the 14 year old boy and the 60 ish women. I love it. There you go. I love it. And for anybody out there who's not an Arkansas fan, let's just remember a mama's heart. Like when you send a kid to college, so wherever you've sent your kid to college or you've sent them out into adulthood, if they didn't go to college or whatever, just remember what that feels like as a mama's heart. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's scary how many years it's been since I took a kid to college. My kids are 27 and 30. <laughs> Just know that y'all will soon get your lives back. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a really wonderful feeling when, you, and in fact, I think that it opens up a whole new era of exploration of your own life and your own relationship when you're not having to focus so much on micromanaging, not that y'all micromanage, but you know, raising kids is hard and I frequently am tempted to say to a mama who's like pulling her hair out because her kids are climbing all over her legs and stuff it gets easier the older they get it gets easier (laughs) it's true or it gets harder in a different way it gets different I would say it gets different yeah it gets like I always say like they're so when they're little you have to worry about like things like that they're going to run in the street and all that but then you know, they get older, their leash gets longer, and then you're worried about other things, you know, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the time right, 30, is, 
you just you you realize how you don't worry anymore anyway it's like whatever just remember to call me once in a while you know? well or you kind of start to you kind of start to realize how little control you had anyway like <laughs> the whole true. time <laughs> right that is so the true. best okay, so- you can hope for <laughs> the best you can hope for is for your 20 year old to go off to college and well, 18 year olds go off to college and then two years later be hired by one of your lifetime friends, Shannon Etheridge, <laughs> oh, as her personal true. assistant to know that Shannon and my daughter are in the same city and that my daughter spent her birthday at Shannon's was the greatest gift Aww, in young good. adult parenting. <laughs> Addison is a great gift to me and to us in this show because she's the one who edits it. I'm so glad I don't have to do that anymore. Life is too short to spend it with your laptop in your lap, editing one thing after another. So she's a huge blessing and you're doing a great job, Addison, and we love you very much. So there you go. There's yes. our shout out to Addison. But before we leave the pickleball conversation, Julie, I hear that you have learned of a very adventurous form of pickleball. Well, I just, a friend sent it to me and, you know, Angie mentioned, maybe it's just a meme. I don't know, but that supposedly there's some nude pickleball going out on around out there. And I, I don't know, that seems like a lot of loose pickles, a lot of loose balls. I don't know. It seems precarious. It seems like it could be dangerous. I saw a meme about that. So it must be true. I think it, yeah. Oh, of course it was on the internet. You guys guys it's true yeah Yeah, internet it's true as things begin to sag a little bit more with every year we age right I'm just trying to think about plain pickleball without a bra on like when you dive when you're diving for stuff right yeah Yeah. like what like do you run to the ball like this with your pot I don't (laughs) I'm not going to spend well, much time I tell thinking you about what, it. Angie, you go first. You yeah, and your let group us know of, how like, that works you, for you. <laughs> you let us know. You and your group of 60 somethings, yeah. uh, women that you do the pickleballing with. Why don't you guys go first and you let us know how it goes? We'll make sure Brendan's not playing that week. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah, because yeah, oh, you goodness. can't unsee that. Okay, so before we, we dive further into our topic, I have to tell Be- my most embarrassing moment in life ever, bar none. Ever. Ever. Oh my gosh. What? (laughs) I am nine (laughs) months pregnant. I realized that I didn't get the meat out of the deep freeze that's in the back garage that's in our backyard out to thaw. So I had just gotten out of the shower and I don't remember why. I I think all the towels, this is, I mean, we were, we had not been married very long. We didn't have that many towels and they were all in the dryer. And so okay. I just thought, we've got a privacy fence. I can just run from the back door to the garage, grab the ground beef, come back in. In that moment, as I am walking through the backyard, nine months pregnant, dripping wet, no clothes on whatsoever. Didn't even have earrings on for crying out loud. Because <laughs> oh, that would have made a difference. <laughs> the neighbor boy is climbing our fence to get the soccer ball that they had kicked accidentally. Oh my God. We both just froze like deer in the headlights look at each other. And so I panic, he panicked, he scurries back down on his side of the fence. I run back into the house. 
I am mortified. This kid can't be more than nine, 10, 11 years old at best. And so I waited a few minutes and I got dressed and I went out to grab the meat. And that was the exact moment that he was coming back over for his ball. (laughs) So we just, we looked at each other and I said, you didn't see anything, right? And he said, see what? And I said, okay. (laughs) And then a year later, he is in the audience of the church where I'm giving the sex talk to the teenagers. And all I can think of is this kid has seen me naked and nine months pregnant. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. More adventure and exploration than we recommend on this show. Just to let you know where the line is drawn. (laughs) Don't flash your your teenage neighbors and scar them for life. I'm sure he was scarred for life. Right. Oh my gosh. That's funny. Let's dive into, unless y'all want to share a most embarrassing moment. I don't want to, you know, divert these. No, that's okay. I think nothing could top that. I think you win. You win. (laughs) You've got it covered. Well played. (laughs) There you go. Okay, ladies, let's talk about some of the topics that have a tendency to make people squirm a little bit since we've already got them squirming with images of nude pickleball and pregnant naked women and um, all that jazz. So there are certain topics such as fantasy, role play, sex toys, lube. Uh, novelty, like shaking things up, doing things out of the ordinary. It doesn't fall into conventional sex. It falls into somewhere outside of that circle. Let's chew right. on that topic. What do you usually- Okay, let's. We'll start with you, Julie. What do you usually write in your blogs when you tackle these topics that sometimes can be sticky wickets because oftentimes one person wants them and the other person doesn't that you, let's just clarify if neither one of you have a problem with these things and there's not a problem the problem comes when one of you wants it and the other one does not right yeah I tend to fall into the camp of um that I really think God gives us a lot of freedom within some boundaries and so as long as it's exclusive, you're not involving other people and other um, in pornography, like as long as it's exclusive and there's mutuality there that you, you both are, are willing to give something a try or one person has expressed wanting to try something and the other person is like, yeah, okay, we can try that. Um, I'm also in the camp of like, people shouldn't be getting hurt. You know, one person's sexual pleasure shouldn't come at the expense of somebody else being hurt physically, emotionally, that sort of thing, which I know that's kind of a spectrum. Like some people are like, oh, I like to be spanked. So there's a little bit of pain, but that's a different thing I'm talking about than if truly like causing um, physical uh, damage or pain. So and then the last little variable I use is, is, is it bringing you together? Like, is it like drawing you closer together? Is it something that's um, strengthening your bond? Um, and, you know, if you can answer those things and feel like, yeah, this is something mutually we want to do. It's exclusive. It's private to just us. Um, no one's getting hurt. And um, we can't see that it's truly forbidden in scripture. And we it's drawing us together. I think God gives a tremendous amount of freedom for role play and different positions and toys and, and all that. Um, the only other caveat I, I, um, add is that as long as you can, you're not chase, always chasing a high from it, like that you're truly like it, you're using it to draw you into authentic 
relationship, authentic, intimate connection. And it's not just like chasing the next sexual high, like that something has to become increasingly um, provocative or increasingly dangerous. Or, you know, All sometimes people ask me blood. like, yeah, somebody, sometimes people ask me like, can we have sex in a public place? Like they want to do it in a, like the back of their car in a parking garage or in a forest or whatever. And I always say, yeah, I think that's fine. As long as you realize that nowadays with cameras, sometimes even the most private of public places aren't. So you just have to be aware of not compromising that exclusivity. But yeah, I mean, I think God gives a lot of freedom. Um, just have a conversation, like get good about talking about what turns you on and what you desire and what you want to try. So yeah, that's, that's what I would say. And Angie, as a pastor, I'm sure that you get these kind of questions often. Yes. Yes. Sometimes I think that life and our relationship with God would be easier if it was very clear cut, if scripture right. was more clear cut. Mm -hmm. So maybe in the back of the Bible, it would have been great, God, if you had put a list <laughs> of what is permissible and what is not. But that's not there. Right. When I you know that the, somebody would have beat their partner over the head with that Bible if that right. list was there. That would I be do. a weapon. I do. Right. It would be weaponized even right. more than we weaponize scripture. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. Um, so when I look at the nature of scripture, I see that we are loved by a God more fiercely than we can possibly imagine. And that, that God wants to be in covenant with us and that our lives are based on relationship, that God wants us to be in relationship and that that relationship has to have elements of mutuality or it's not a relationship. It's coercive right. and abusive. Yeah. And so I agree with you, Julie, if there's not coercion, if it's not abusive, if it is enhancing the relationship and building intimacy, yeah. then I don't think that scripture says anything to prohibit that. Um, there is a fabulous resource on YouTube about consent called consent is like a cup of tea or consent is a cup of tea. And it equates um, sexual consent with, would you like a cup of tea? And it goes through this whole thing. And I should say there's a clean version and an explicit version. <laughs> okay. Take a pick. Um, the message is the same. And so, so with exploration, I think it's important to remember that even in covenantal relationships, um, just because you offer consent one time and you say, right. yeah, let's try something new. Let's try this thing that we're introducing. That doesn't mean that you're committed to it for the rest of your life. Like the conversation yeah. about consent yeah. needs to happen often and regularly. Um, and yeah, everybody go watch that video. Well, and I do think on the, I want to just jump in here because I think that's so true, Angie, that like sometimes like somebody's like one spouse is like, I would like to try this. Another spouse is like, okay, I'm not too certain, but I'm open. Okay. I'll try. But then they realize maybe even in the midst of it, you know, there's some sexual things that in the midst of it, it starts to be like, okay, this is not what I thought it was going to be. You know, I, so I think something like 
a safe word or the freedom because mutuality also is the freedom to stop and to say no, or like something is pushing me too far. It's, I didn't think it was going to be painful. It is. I didn't think it was going to be feel the way it does for me emotionally, but it does. So um, there are some things that people want to try that like they're open to trying, but then they realize, and that's part of loving is that we have the, the ability to, to say, like, I thought I wanted to, but I'm not now. I don't think so. I don't, I don't want to. So if you start, if you start drinking your cup of tea and then decide halfway through that, you no longer want your cup of tea, you can say, I no longer want this cup of tea. (laughs) And the other person would say, okay, you don't have to drink the rest of your tea. It's a great analogy. It is. is, It's a beautiful and one of the worst things that a mate can do when their partner says, I don't care for the rest of that tea is start pouting and using expressions like you always do this, or you never want to do this. Right. That, mm-hmm. that takes it to a place where she does not even want, I say she, you know, I don't want to be stereotypical, or but he. yeah, exactly. Where I think that that's what creates the, I don't want to give my partner an inch in the exploration direction. Cause then they're going to want to take a mile. And if I don't want to go the full mile, then they're going to shame me and they're going to guilt me. And like, don't do that. That's not fun. That takes all the fun out and, of exploration. Just accept right. the shame, the shaming thing is a huge thing. So even if your part, your, your spouse wants to try something, don't shame them immediately for wanting like, it, it may sound like something crazy to you, but if your spouse had the courage to vulnerably say, hey, this is a sexual act or position or something I want to try, um, how just harming it can be to shame them in that moment. Absolutely. So instead, like just, just if you want to ask more questions, ask more questions, like, well, help me understand, like, why do you, what, what do you think would be a turn on about that? Or um, thank you for being so, you know, courageous to vulnerably share that with me. I'm sure that took courage or so. Yeah. Like those there's sacred moments in there that you got to be careful with how you react to your spouse. So Shannon, along the line, let me ask you, what advice would you give a couple or one person in, in a relationship who can't even get to that point of vulnerability to say, Hey, I would like to try some role playing, mm-hmm. right? How do you coach that person to express themselves? Right. So I, I'm actually working with a couple over the past year or so um, that I was thinking that I might share snippets of their story. They've encouraged me to do so if I felt like it would be helpful to other people. So um, let, let me kind of unpack their story. And I think that'll answer a lot of what you just asked. Uh, she had affairs um, she felt as if there was something that she needed and she could not verbalize to her mate what mm-hmm. she wanted for some reason. She just didn't feel safe, I guess, being that open and okay. honest with him. But then she came to my workshop and realized I cannot keep living this life, a double life. I, that's not who I want to be. I don't feel good about myself. This is not taking me to a good place. And so she has closed that door tightly behind her and feels really good about herself. So now she's having to show up in the marriage like never before and communicate those needs and desires directly to her husband. So her husband reached out for just a one-on-one session with me one day and he was freaking out because the things that she, basically she was trying to read things to him or show things to him that was indicative of like BDSM of just, she wanted 
she wanted to be, um, I don't remember if she wanted to be the dominant or the submissive, but she was basically communicating to him that the idea of role play, where one of us is large and in charge and totally in control of the thing, and the other one is just following suit and submitting to that, that that power differential is very arousing to her. So at first he was saying, but, but to watch that, that was not arousing for me. And I said, I'm not going to say his name. I'll just make up a different name. I said, Mark, um, you don't have to be aroused by the exact same thing that arouses her. There's no two people on the planet who have the exact same sexual (laughs) template, but you wanted her to show up in this marriage and teach you what she didn't think that she could experience with you, that she felt the need to go looking elsewhere. Don't miss this. She's trying to be a teacher, be a student ask her what role do you perceive you want to play and is that the role that you always want to play or do you want to take turns and I said don't knock it until you try it because even if it doesn't turn you on if it turns her on that will turn you on because what turns a man on most is a fully turned on woman so within that 30 minute conversation he had a major paradigm shift of oh right just because it doesn't turn me on doesn't mean I can't let it turn her on and it doesn't mean that I can't show up for her and play along. And isn't that what we did as children? Your friend comes over and is like, let's play Cowboys and Indians. And maybe that's not what you really want to play, but you want right. to make the friendship okay. Do you want to be the Cowboy or do you want to be the Indian? And you just, you, you compromise and you go back and forth. And so now he is learning and she is finding the confidence to teach more and more because he's not poo-pooing her ideas. He's not shaming her. Well, that's just what you did with your affair partners. So like she's, she's here. She's, she's now she is here right. with you trying to teach you what she needs. Listen and learn. So does that kind of answer your yeah. question, Angie? Yeah. 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 And now I have to pitch a question back to you in particular, Angie, because of your seminary training. Okay. And Julie, mm-hmm. I'm sure you get this all the time with the people who email you after reading your blog. Um, the whole notion of, uh, of course, when we think of adventure and exploration, you know, different types of sexual expression comes into mind. Right. And one couple in particular that I'm working with now, but it's, it's been the case, you know, throughout the years, many times, the, the issue of anal play comes up and okay. often one person yeah. wants that and another person doesn't. But yeah. more than once, I have heard spouses who don't want to engage in that for whatever reason and that that's if you don't want to like that has to be respected end of conversation right right the reason that they were quoting that they didn't want it is because they felt like it was sinful and that they would quote stories like Sodom and Gomorrah for example as a basis for to say poo-pooing anal play sounds kind of like a pun and I guess it kind of is but (laughs) When, when people take a scripture and try to apply it toward supportive evidence of why they don't want to engage in something, mm-hmm. how does that strike you as a pastor? And I know you don't consider yourself a biblical scholar, but according to most people's standards, you're more that than, than 95% of the people on the planet. So speak to that, Angie. If, if one person wants adventure of a certain type and the other person doesn't because they think it would be displeasing to God and that the Bible says that that's a sin. How do you respond to that? Yeah. In seminary, when I took the class is anal sex. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> we don't talk about practical things like this in seminary. We don't talk about <laughs> anal sex in class. Oh, I thought you were saying, I thought you were saying that that was a class. <laughs> it wasn't, lady. And, and I, was, I bet, like she helped, totally hooked me because it should be. I agree. In seminary, it should be. No. And in, right. and, in, and in counseling programs, it should be. Like the people who others historically turn to for those types of answers, there yep. should be, uh, it, it makes me fear. I'm going to get on my soapbox for one quick second. It makes me furious that counselors and therapists can become licensed without ever having taken a single human sexuality class and that pastors can get ordained huh? without taking a single right. human sexuality class. So uh, off my soapbox, go easy. Yes, agree. Um, well, as I have said before in this podcast, there is a wide breadth of valid methods for scriptural interpretation. And right. some of those land on a conservative side of a spectrum and some mm -hmm. land on a progressive side of a spectrum. And there's just so much that goes into that, right? And when we hold too tightly to our own interpretation of scripture or our pastor's interpretation right. or the author's interpretation, whoever we're reading at the time, um, I think that we're closing ourselves off to God and what God can teach us from um from certainly reading from our own perspective, but also from the perspective of another. And so I guess I'm encouraging us to take stories like Sodom and Gomorrah, which has been weaponized against mm -hmm. a whole host of people, oh, yeah. um, to look at that from a variety of perspectives. And that story in particular, when viewed from a, pro a progressive perspective, is not about homosexuality, it's not about anal sex. Mm -mm. It is about hospitality and how we welcome the stranger. Um, I'm not going to preach on that right now, although I could. Um, and so, and, and let me ask you a quick question. Is it, isn't it also about protecting those who and, are in our care? And, and it was, it was about rape. It was the men wanted to rape. It, it, yes. Okay. Obviously. So, right. So and, I don't think any yes. of us can support the idea of rape is, isn't a sin. Obviously rape is a sin. Right. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I would not interpret that story as saying anal sex is a sin. Right. I, I just don't see that. And so then I would go back to the relationship and what grows the relationship and fosters intimacy and um, and as Julie has said, talk about it, talk right. about it a hundred times as we're thinking about communication about these difficult topics, there is a difference between trying to guilt someone into trying right. something, um, into bullying someone into trying something. And I will say, um, if one person is in a very vulnerable state, that's not mutual. Mm. So, right. um, that like can extremely under the influence of alcohol or deep in grief or, or asleep, or they feel or, like they, they feel like they can't say no, or is that I'm they, they feel like they can't say no trying yeah. to save my marriage. And I will do whatever you want right. me to do for you to okay. not leave. Oh, um, yeah. so mutuality of, of emotional states, mutuality of power in the relationship 
-hmm. All of those things come into play when we're talking about something as vulnerable as trying anal sex. If that, if one person wants, or if, if the couple is just discussing, is this going to be a part of our relationship? So if both people are up for that, up for exploring that, up for talking about it, then there is nothing in scripture that would prohibit that or make it anywhere near sinful. Yeah. Do y'all right. remember a book called Intimate Issues by Linda Dillo and Lorraine Pintus? Yeah. It, that I was, have it on my that, shelf. <laughs> yeah. That, that was one that yeah. I read even before I wrote Every Woman's Battle. And I remember they searched scripture from Genesis to Revelation and they unpacked yeah. everything that could even remotely be applied to sexuality. And their conclusion was that they found no evidence supporting the theory that anal sex is forbidden in scripture, but you know, they obviously made it clear that it has to be consensual between two people. So it's one well, thing- and there's other, yeah, there's other things you have to consider with anal sex too, is that it, uh, you know, there, there's physical things you have to think through and hygiene things you have to think through, but I am in complete agreement that that when you were talking to Angie about the the spectrum, there's going to be people who will never believe that anal sex is is okay by any means. And there's going to be people who think it should always be included. But I think definitely for couples that they're curious about, they want to try it. I do not think it's forbidden. I just think it comes back to the mutuality thing and the communication and the freedom to be able to say, um, I, I tried it and didn't like it. I don't want to do that again. If they, they, if it was painful, if they didn't want to do it, but I often would say too, that sometimes when somebody's expressing, um, an interest or a desire, um, for anal sex or to try anal sex, sometimes I think anal play can meet those same meaning, like that you don't actually need penetration. Like there can be a lot of anal, there's a lot of nerves around the anus and there can be a lot of stimulation that can happen that's very arousing and very stimulating and very mutual that maybe would meet some of those desires if someone is like, I just can't do the anal sex penetration thing. Right. Um, so yeah, that's 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 what I would add to to that. And I I'm comfortable, and I think you two are too. Like I'm comfortable that people disagree with me. Like I had people push back on me and say, how can you call yourself a Christian and like say that anal sex is okay for a husband and wife? who mutually- Because those were clearly the conditions of salvation is that you have to have a certain right. on a topic like this, right. to to heaven, like no, reread that. Right. Bible. So I just, I, I'm just very much like, well, we'll just have to agree to disagree. Yeah. And I'm very fine with that and comfortable and yeah. And to say, and I would wonder if it's not your preference, it's okay to just own that. Don't try to shame other people of you should write that and that's a sin and you need to surrender to God. Just own the fact that I find that distasteful. And I'll also, you know, our last conversation about, you know, we, when we talked about oral intimacy, I was wishing that I had tossed this out there. So I'm going to take advantage of the opportunity to, to do it now. Any man who is wanting his wife to engage in anal play on him, he also needs to really pay attention to hygiene because the least sexy thing on the planet is a dingleberry. And I had to explain to Angie what the heck a dingleberry was. I've uh, never heard of it. <laughs> Look it up in the, so, yeah. your audience. 
cleanliness 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 yeah make sure you've washed really well and yeah. clean yeah but okay so i feel like we're camping out too much on the anal sex thing because right. we move on a myriad of other ways that you could explore and be yeah. uh, adventurous let's talk about sex toys angie did you have something that you yeah. were wanting to throw in a second ago Yes, but I can't remember it now. Okay. <laughs> because we are all middle-aged women and that's what we do. I was going to say, that's that's what you get with a middle-aged podcasters. <laughs> had a thought, it's gone. <laughs> exactly. That is why the pen and the paper exists right below. Right. Um, okay, sex toys. What do y'all, everybody knows, anybody who's listened to any of my episodes knows that I'm a fan. I just think it levels right. the playing field. What are, what are your words of wisdom for people who may be, on the fence of do we need a sex toy or do we just want a sex toy this is what i was gonna say now i remember oh okay (laughs) that just like well anal sex is not in the bible and own it if it's not your thing don't blame the bible don't blame god right right don't um don't say it's a preference this is dirty because god says so or the uh, yeah just own it as your own which is great same thing with sex toys not in the Bible. If it's not a thing, great. No harm, no foul. Um, if it is go wild, as long as it's mutual and have fun trying out those things. Right. And I will say we've, we've come a long ways from having to go to like an adult bookstore to buy a sex toy. Um, I, I think there's a lot of reputable play, even online reputable. I think Lalo is one of the best online sources for sex toys um l-e-l-o.com it's very respectful they're very well made they're good um so and i think people are surprised to hear or realize too that we've moved way beyond just your normal like vibrator that looks like a penis i mean there's a lot of options Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i am in the camp too that if a couple wants to try that and it's mutual and they, um, because it can be arousing for, uh, it's not just about, we often think of sex toys just about pleasing the woman, but there's a lot of different ways sex toys can be used. And there's a lot of different options out there. So absolutely. Um, and some are made for mutual pleasure at the same time. I've right, seen the, right. the double vibrators where yes. one is intended yep. for uh-huh. her and the other is intended for him and maybe y'all are where would a man put a vibrator on his taint that section between the balls and the right. butt it, it, it taint the balls and it taint the butt but it's the the part yeah. in between very much a hot spot for men um well and here's the thing too they're all this is kind of funny too like everything is charged with a usb uh charging now like the days of like looking for double a batteries those days are gone right you just plug the thing in and it charges up and a lot of them are very safe like you you can use them in the shower you can use them you know they're they're waterproof and water safe so um there's there's just a lot of options i um so i'll tell my funny sex story sex toy story i don't know if i told this or not so my college, when our older son was in college, he and some friends were up for dinner one night and um, they were talking about, these were his roommates and they're like, oh yeah, Mitch makes the best French fries, you know? And I said, you make them like real, like real potatoes. And he said, oh yeah. I said, so you cut the potatoes by hand. And he said, yeah, well, I, I do. And I said, well, you know, they make like a potato 
like cutter, like a French fry cutter thing, like an apple thing, you know, it just, you can like take a potato and make these French fries. So I said, I'll buy you one and I'll send it to you on Amazon. So I go into Amazon and I find it. It's like a $12 thing. I put it in my cart. I go to change his, the address to him and I change it. I go to check out and it says my cart is $189. And I almost hit send, like I almost hit purchase. And I had put into my shopping cart a few days earlier, some friends and I were wondering if there were voice activated sex toys, like that you could voice activate. And I'm like, I don't know, because they were asking me and I'm like, I should know this thing, right? Is there a voice activated sex toy? And sure enough, there are voice activated, like you can talk to the thing or tell the thing wow, to do. what to do so i had i had to i had well to within <laughs> limits but so i had put this in my cart so i almost sent my son a voice activated vibrator but wow. i didn't i got <laughs> but i wrote a blog post about it and because it was hilarious and that's what i titled God. it the the moment i almost sent my son a vibrator or something like that i'm gonna go read that post yeah, it was funny, but yeah, that to, to say there's a lot of options with, with sex toys is yeah. an understatement. Well, and this yes. is one of the main reasons that some people say that they don't want to own a sex toy is, <gasps> what if the children find it? I found my mom's. Who cares? They'll know you were, were healthy and active. I, exactly. <laughs> I did not think any less of her. If anything, it just liberated me and told me that I deserve to have pleasure. I remember too, telling your story about your son. Uh, my son and I both have CPAPs and as he was leaving on a trip, we were going different ways. He grabbed the wrong CPAP bag and that just happened to be where I had packed my womanizer. Um, so he soon figured out that he grabbed the wrong CPAP, but of course he was 25. He just rolled his eyes. It was no right. revelation. He's used to, to it. Him. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Used to have you, but okay. I have a story. Have you, okay. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. My story is that, um, I love my mom. We did not have a culture of knocking on doors before coming into a room when I was a kid. And for her, that has transferred to my adulthood. And so I was in my room one late evening and she just comes on in and she's like, oh, what, what's that buzzing? What do I hear? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't hear anything. Nightstand. Yeah. I, you you're just hearing something i don't know and then she asked her question and went out oh, oh that, my god uh, also she has a, a lady that i knew threw her suitcase on top of the conveyor belt in security and it started vibrating and her no! like, <gasps> and they're searching through it and she, electric toothbrush electric toothbrush just wanted to make sure everybody knew why her suitcase was vibrating <laughs> um okay so i mentioned oh my gosh have you ladies discovered the womanizer or the clitoral suction type vibrators? Yeah. Seen it on Facebook. <laughs> like, duh, like, don't waste your money on any other type of vibrator until you have invested right. in this one. Because what I'm finding with clients is that I will tell them if you, if your answer to the question, do you want to have sex is always no, actually I don't. If you will give this womanizer 60 seconds before you answer that question, 
you will give a different answer because it will get you aroused that quickly. And in fact, one of their claim to fame marketing strategies lately has been that they can actually give a woman an orgasm within 60 seconds. And I tested that oh. theory and they, they are right. Maybe not every time, but it is possible. So I all in the name of research. Of course, I owe it to my readers. I owe it to my listeners. Yeah. (laughs) Now we probably don't need to. to (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. Yeah, that's Um, good. We we want to be clear that if these toys, especially the personal toys, start to replace intimacy with your partner, that's not okay. Yeah, yeah. They're, a, they're a marital aid, not a masturbation yes. aid. I mean, they can be a masturbation yes. aid if that's what you want, right. but if it's going to come between you and your partner and separate the two right. you, and you're comparing, like there's no man's tongue can right. possibly compete with a vibrator. Yeah. So yes. I, I agree. And I always say too, that it's even cool. if you have, even if, yeah, even if you're using sex toys, I'm still a firm believer of uh, bodily contact. So like, I do think, and I mean, I know sometimes with like ED issues, like sometimes actual intercourse isn't possible, but that doesn't mean you can't still spend a lot of time, um, touching and arousing each other. So we have to be holding each other as you pleasure yourself. Right. Of being participatory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that we have to be careful of slipping into these patterns where a spouse becomes, um, there's a tendency to say, well, you just take care of it yourself. Because yeah. we can see this both ways. And that's where, like, I'm not necessarily against masturbation, but I'm against masturbation when it's being used um, to either withhold when or, it to, robs. Um, or to give you a out, meaning mm-hmm. like you just go take care of you um, and that'll be fine. I think that is is destroying intimacy it's not building intimacy so yeah i agree with you shannon i think the the these toys can be an aid um and if you mutually and you want to give it a try and and you like it as part of your intimacy i think there's nothing wrong with that at all okay so you what would you what would you say to a man i've heard this before who says i feel like my wife using a toy is saying that I'm not good enough. I think that that kind of falls into the same category of if my husband even notices another human being is attractive, that I'm not good enough. And it's like, you'd have to be blind not to notice how attractive some people are on the right. planet. And I, I think that he needs to look at it not as either or, either me or the sex toy. He needs to look at it as both and. If that sex toy helps right. prime her pump and gets her more eager to receive me, that's my friend too. And so, yeah. 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 All right. So yeah. you said slipping into something or other that brought up lubes in my mind, a particular lube that you recommend, especially for middle-aged women who start needing lube more so than ever before. I would say liquid. I think liquid. It's just like liquid, but with a liquid. So it has an S in front of it. So it's just like liquid has an S in front of it. They have a lot of different, like they have organics, they have water-based, they, I mean, they have, and you can buy variety packs. So you can try, I think liquid is one of the, the best lubricants out there for purchasing online over the counter. I think Astroglide is actually pretty good. Yeah. as an over-the-counter lubricant. 
Yeah. I think it doesn't matter at all what works for me because, because lubes are very personal and right. I would say try a whole bunch. Yeah. 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 Don't limit yourself to one. And just a little bit of education. There is a difference between um, water-based and silicone-based. Yes. And so if you are going to be using use lube condoms. shower, um, oh, yeah. definitely use the silicone-based. Yeah. And okay. And back up and say that again. Things. If you're what? So if you are going to be using lube in the shower or with water, you don't want a water-based lube because right. it will just go away. Okay. So yeah. you want the silicone-based lube if you are having, if you're using it with water or in that. And I actually contacted, yeah, you have to be careful with condoms, make sure that they, because some lubes can break down condoms. So if you're using condoms as birth control or because of uh, sexually transmitted diseases, concerns about that, just uh, make sure you have a lube that's compatible with a condom, that it's not going to break the condom down. I actually contacted years ago, all the lubricant companies and asked for free samples. And I did a blog, like I tested them. I said to Randy, I said, all in the name of research. So we would try these different lubes and um, we kind of have the opposite. Like we don't really need lube. And so um, that's the other thing I would say, if you're using lube, you have to get kind of the right amount, like too much is going to like defeat the purpose too little. There's going to be too much friction, but I'm with what Angie said and what you say, Shannon, like there's lots of different ones out there to try inexpensively evenly even I mean if you yeah. can find one that you can get at Walmart or CVS or whatever that works for you yeah great yeah wet platinum is one that was recommended by a sex therapist yeah. I really respect but yeah. I also have to say the cheapest lube out there and the one that I think is the most effective is called saliva God made it right what are they doing yeah. all these centuries before all these lubes were created yeah so this has been a really fun conversation ladies I hope that people feel inspired to go to that outer edge of your comfort zone and just dangle your feet over you know just sit down yeah. and dangle your feet over and see if you might want to take a plunge you, you, you're never going to know until you experience these things and yeah. I frequently say don't just call one time you tried it like experience it several times before you draw a conclusion about how you feel about certain activities and just your mate's response may be enough impetus for you to want to do that again and again not because it brings you right. pleasure necessarily but because it brings your mate so much pleasure and that in and of itself brings us pleasure so we appreciate you tuning in for this episode. We love you for listening. And we thank you for tapping on us. 